Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Choose 120 beats per minute and it goes. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show, coming up on number three of the extended show of the summer. Get the names out of the way. My name is Joe Burns. You are... Ronnie Gregoire. And to the right, we have our special guest in the studio who's been filling in with us on this topic because he himself works studios and uh, does mastering and things like that. You are... David Perricone. All right, Dave. Now... At the end of last week's show, and by the way, run to the website, kslu.org, big giant chalkboard, says Rock School. There will be every episode we've ever recorded, and you can download them at your will as podcasts. And of course, we're hooked up to the PRX network, which means you can stream the entire show with all the music intact. We finished up last week's show by talking about how much it cost to go into a studio. That's right. Right. And we talked about how much it was to actually create your own studio. Well, let's forget about creating your own studio. You're going into a recording studio now. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. You've decided as a band we're going into somebody's studio. Why would you choose a certain studio? Because it's close? Sure. Sure. Yeah, why not? I want to record at a famous studio somewhere. Well, we're in New Orleans. I want to go to... Cosimo Matassa's studio down in New Orleans. What about working well with the owner? Right, working well with the owner. Right. Uh, I want to say that I recorded at studio in the country. Right. That kind of thing. Sure. Well, there are a lot of, and these are culled from multiple websites. Here are some deciding factors on why you would choose one studio over another. It says here, number one, don't make cost your deciding factor. However, take discounts into account. If you remember last year, I'll just give you one. Uh, Music City Studios and West Monroe Studio A, 65 bucks per hour. But if you buy a five-hour block, it's 295 which is a $30 savings. So Always take those helpful. things into sure. account. Sure. Some studios will offer percentage discounts, it says, or if you do your pressing and printing through them, uh, they will offer discounts on that. Sometimes if you do your mastering through them, they will offer discounts on that. Yeah. So something to take into, into consideration. Little bundles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Does the, this is number two. Does the studio specialize in your kind of music? That's important. Sure. Sure. You oh, know, yeah. Are you a heavy metal band? Or electronica. Or right. Sure. Oh. Right. Don't go into a studio that does nothing but Christian music and say, okay, now we're going to do heavy metal. And, and the guy who's the engineer says, oh, I think I can do that. Unless it's Christian heavy metal. That's true. <laughs> right. Sure. Is there such a thing? If there is. I guess so. Uh, number three, is there an engineer there who has worked with your kind of music? Uh, and number four, is there a person at the studio that has worked with your kind of music before? I think... Those are really important. As a matter of fact, uh, I know a few people who, I mean, this was really their life. I mean, I'm, I'm cursory to this, but this was really their life. 
they traveled states and states and states to get to a specific studio because of a specific human being yeah. who dealt with their specific kind of music. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's a, a, a smart idea. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they've also got people who will deal with engineers that will record a specific instrument. If you want a specific acoustic guitar sound... I mean, some people get that specific about it. Right. That's his or her job. I record acoustic guitars. Yeah. Right. I'll give you one more before we uh, go into a song. Uh, Number five, the room. Are you in a box with parallel walls or are you in an angular room with lots of great treatments? Uh, Are the walls, I mean, is it paneled or are all the panels different widths and sizes with different spaces between them? Why do I care? What creates a more dead room? Well, yeah, in a box, you're going to have what they call standing waves and you're going to hear them. And the recording is going to make some really nasty, what you call, uh, overtones. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, have the people sell the room to you. Why should I come to you? Let them sell the room. If they're proud of their room, they're going to sell it to you. Yep. So, and we'll come back with more reasons why to choose a certain recording studio. But first, if you remember, when we play a song, we play a little clip, an isolated track. Ozzy Osbourne's song, Bark at the Moon, was recorded with Jake E. Lee. And I don't think Jake E. Lee ever gets enough credit for how good he really is as a guitarist. So, isolated track from Bark at the Moon, Jake E. Lee, going right into Ozzy Osbourne here in Rock School. Ozzy Osbourne here on Rock School talking why you would choose a certain recording studio over another number six. And again, these are just things I found from websites. It's not one site giving it all. I just called it from lots of different places. Number six, does the studio have the equipment you want, i.e., are you a digital or an analog person? That's important to a lot of people because there's that argument out there, what's better, digital or analog? Right. Uh, and that's an that's argument that'll probably go on forever. The thing is, with analog, it's harder and harder and harder to get tapes. So right, you have to buy them specially. <laughs> you have to buy them specially, and they're so expensive. When I started years ago, the tapes were probably about 40 bucks a piece for the 10-inch reel with the 2-inch wide tapes. Mm-hmm. Now, the tapes are, I think, are about three $400 a piece. Gosh. And you get about wow. 30 minutes out of a tape. So and they pass that along to you. And they pass that along to you. Absolutely. You you have to pay for that cost. Sure. The studio doesn't just eat that. So I think the uh most people obviously now are d- doing digital, but there are still studios out there that specialize in all analog recording. They're just getting fewer and farther between. I saw a piece on one of the Sunday morning programs where 
uh, Sun Studios. During the day, they're they're a tourist attraction. Yes. Well, during the night, they've revamped the entire studio, and they record in the exact same format they did back in the 1950s and 60s. Wow, that's and cool. if you can spend the money, you know, like Frank Zappa was asked one time, how do you get the London Philharmonic to play your music? And he said, you pay them. Absolutely. Uh, right. How do you get into Sun Studio? You pay them. Yeah. No doubt. I'm sure you make an appointment. You, you know, They look at their logbook. Well, we're available in 2027. Okay, fine. We'll see you then. There's, there's a recording studio in Nashville called 1979, and that's the era they're trying to duplicate. Duplicate. Hmm. Everything they've got is from no later than about 1979. Right. So if that's what you want, and of course, hey, you may very well want on your demo, recorded at legendary Sun Studio Memphis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. And that would, you know, that's that's <laughs> something wonderful. And it may only be for you. The right. average listener would look at that and go, who cares? You and I would go, oh, that's cool. Does it yeah. make the song any better or worse? Well, I don't know. Some people think analog is warmer, prettier. Absolutely. Yeah. There's but, this there's this new rush of people uh, uh, recording onto vinyl and collecting vinyl because they think vinyl sounds better. Well, hey, good for them. Absolutely, I think I think though that most people, the average listener, is probably going to listen to it through earbuds or the computer speakers anyway. So right. I, don't, I don't really know how much of a difference it's going to make. Exactly. Uh, number seven, how close is the studio to your home? There are travel costs. Travel. Everything adds up. Travel costs and overnight accommodations as well. Food. Got to put Food. something in your mouth. Right. And number eight, this is the last one I have. Is the studio willing or experienced in how you wish to record live or ISO? Now, we're going to get into live or ISO recording in some much stronger detail here in a little bit. The basic difference is live, you either set up the entire band or a large section of the band. One, two, three, four, go. Mm-hmm. And then you come in and do overdubs later, maybe a scratch vocal track, which you then get rid of. Right, record and, the rhythm section or something first. and Exactly, and yeah. lay over. ISO, I mean, set the drums up, play the drums, then bring in the bass. Layer it. Right, and mm-hmm. piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. Which is better? No, no, no. It's like the difference between want? taking a photograph or making a painting. Yeah, and, and it depends on what you like. Yeah. Take a break, play some music. Heartbreaker, Led Zeppelin. I happen to have the drum track from John Bonham, which should be a good little thing to listen to. Sounds like this on Rock School. break here on the Rock School Radio Show, and I have this little bit here, and this is one of those things that as I read it, it sounds like a no kidding. You know, why would you even take time to talk about this? But tell me if I'm, you, I mean, you record bands. Tell me if I'm right or wrong that this stuff has to be told. Okay, sure. All right. Have everything in advance. Studio time costs money. You've decided on your studio. You arrive there. Again, here are just some decisions you should have going into the studio. Keyboardists, have all patches, program parts, and loops ready to go because they take time to set up. Sure. Yes or no? Absolutely. Sure. Talk with your drummer about playing to a click, a click track. 
Some drummers are completely against it. When your band, when your husband's band recorded, did they play to a click track? They did not. The drummer had a problem with it. He just he did not like it. He wouldn't do it. Uh, I have I have no trouble with it. If you don't know what a click track is, what you basically have is a digital metronome. That's all. Right. You you mm-hmm. choose 120 beats per minute, and it goes. It goes in the drummer's headphones. It keeps him on track. If you ever listen to the song Wipeout, the original Wipeout, it slows down as the song goes on. That's right. Right. They didn't play to a click track. And if your drummer says, no, I won't do it, tell him Charlie Watts uses one. Uh, will the drummer use his own kit or will he set it up uh, with the site's kit? Will he use that one on site? Well, the question is, if he doesn't use the one on site, he uses his own, are they going to charge him for the time it takes to set up the drum kit? Will right. they? Yeah. Well, I mean, that really depends. Sure. You got you need to, and you need to find that out in advance. Guitarists, batteries, chords, strings, picks. Bring many of each. And don't change your strings at the sessions before you get started. Right. They'll never stay in tune. No. Yep. For all amplified instruments, make a point of deciding whether you'll use your own amplification or the ones on site. Um, we have a guy in my band that is adamant that if there's a Marshall on site, you use it. And I say, but but my but my amplifier is modeling a Marshall. No, no, no. A real Marshall will do it better. You know, difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and, and I'm with you on that, Joe, because you, you get used to your amp. You know your amp. You know the way it sounds. Right. So why not? Use your amp. I, I would use my own amp. But uh, supplies, again, Extra strings, cables, batteries, sticks, books, magazines. You will be spending time waiting while other people are doing things. Water bottles, aspirin, Tylenol, food, snacks, unless there's an on-site restaurant. You should also bring lyric sheets. Multiple copies for everyone, even if everything is memorized. It's amazing. It says here how easily you forget lyrics in the studio. Chord charts, if you wish. Um, they might be a little trouble to produce, but they can be invaluable because you'll get in there and somebody will go, oh, God, how did I play that? <laughs> right. And now you're blowing time. So that runs you into trouble. Who's listening to us there, Monique? W-O-U-B in Athens, Ohio. W-B-S-D, Burlington, Wisconsin. Just be prepped when you get into the studio. We're going to get into studio time is expensive and some of the things that will cost you even more money once you get into the studio here in just a minute on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, let's talk additional monies. Additional monies. Are you going to back yourself up? I.e., you are a singer-songwriter. Are you going in there with a band? You know, is has everybody filled out the paperwork? Do they know who owns copyright? All those kind of things, stuff we talked about in the first show. Mm-hmm. Fine. If that's the case, then this next little part does not apply to you. However, let's just say you're a singer. And my guess is you have singers show up to your studio, you know, hey, I want to sing this song. Great. Okay, where's the music come from? Now, you can do it a few different ways. Let's talk backing tracks. Have you ever purchased backing tracks for any of these singers that come into your studios? Sure. Sure. And do you have any idea what they cost? Because I could not find costs for these backing tracks. Honestly, it varies. Depends on what you're buying. I mean... uh 
Are you talking about buyout music? Sure. I want to. What I want to do is I want to record this song. It's a basic one four five. I just want to get a backing track for it. I mean, I found places that would sell them. Musicroom.com was sort of the number one seller of these things. But they wouldn't give me any prices until I actually went ahead to buy the thing, and I didn't want to buy any of them. Right. I just wanted the information for the for the show. I mean, if I did a Google search, I brought up more, and it made it very clear that I had to pay the mechanical rights to to use the music. But if you're going to do the backing tracks, it's something that's going to cost you money, and you should have them either with you when you come, or let the studio know in advance that you need these backing tracks. Right now, do they when they come into your studio, do they bring them, or do you normally grab them yourself? No, no, I've never had anybody uh, ask me to get them. I've everyone that I've ever dealt with, and I, I haven't dealt with a bunch of people like that, but everyone I've ever had brought them in with them. Okay, and it's just been a service that I've used just to. to use that backing track and have them sing to it now i'm interested do they bring this backing track in mp3 format or do they bring it in wave oh god i hope, format? Not, I hope not mp3 yeah because format. that's a i know people lose their mind oh I, I got this on mp3 mp3 is actually in terms of recording editing and such a terrible audio format oh, you, yeah people don't realize but 90 percent of the file is gone when you have an MP3, which is why it's so small and can get so many songs onto your iPod, exactly, Absolutely. right. But no, bring it in in a wave, or if nothing else, uh, an FLAC, which is uh, the the free lossless audio codec, right. So bring it in in a lossless form. Either one of those would be fine, right? Are you going to hire a session musician to play? Okay, don't be down on the idea. These guys are pros and they know what they're doing. So. Bada bing, they can come in and do it. Uh, have you hired studio musicians to come in? Not personally, no. Usually the band will hire them themselves. And then they'll come. Okay. So how much? How much does it cost to bring one of these guys in? Well, I have answers to that as well, and I will tell you about it. Rat. Round and round. We've got to play rat to. Just two T's. Rat to. What we have is an isolated guitar track from Rat right into Round and Round here on Rock School. of the hour here on Rock School. Let's go through the names one more time. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. And with us in the studio? David Perricone. All right, David, we're going to talk about people who come in to play. Again, I don't know what you paid people to come into your studio. I have here simply uh, general costs that I found online, uh, and it has to do with just an idea. So I, I can't give any specifics. What I have here is an idea. It depends whether the musician is union or non-union, okay? The costs I found were per musician, per song. 
One person who claimed to be a session player said vocalists were $60 to $75 per song. Musicians, i.e. one who plays a, a musical instrument, $75 to $100 song uh, per song. Another stated between $100 and $150 per song. And then a third stated, depending on who you got and if they were in a union, it could go as high as $300 per song, depending on the difficulty of the song, the length of the song, and the required gear However, at the end of the song, when it's all over, these guys are willing to simply sign over everything to you. You own the song. Yeah, these guys, when you hire, when they're hired musicians, they don't get any kind of royalties off the sales at all. They're just... Hired guns. They're just hired musicians. That's yeah. it. And I want to say that the 200 to $250 per song is what I'm seeing. That's somewhere around in there. Yeah, and these guys are good, though, for that kind of price. Now, you might say, you, you know, you've seen the guys 75 to $100 per song how good are these guys i don't know i'm not seeing anybody for that price right i'm seeing people for 200 250 dollars a song and these guys can come in and play anything and they'll knock it out in one or two takes so they're not there forever they're not there forever they come in and they they all use the nashville number system i don't know if you're familiar with that which is instead of using keys they're using numbering systems where they transpose using numbers Hmm. and it's just they can knock out any song any key Really quick, if you want to look that up, it's they call it the Nashville number system. You can look that up online. It's just easy for musicians to learn quickly. Great. Yeah, and it, it to me, what's wonderful is that you have all the paperwork there. Again, make sure you have the paperwork for them. There it is. It's over. Here's your check. We own the rights to the song. Goodbye. That's it. That's, that's over and all. done with. Yep. All right, let's take a break. We'll do seven days, 70 seconds. Monique steps up to the microphone. Here are the dates. July 21 all the way through July 27th. Something that happened on these rock and roll dates. I believe you have Monday. Go right ahead. July 21st, 1977. Despite protests, the Sex Pistols made their first appearance on the UK music show, Top of the Pops, where they lip sync their third single, Pretty vacant. July 22, 1969, Aretha Franklin was arrested for causing a disturbance in a Detroit parking lot. After posting $50 bail, she ran down a road sign leaving the police station. <laughs> July 23, 1988, after 49 weeks on the U.S. album chart, Hysteria by Def Leppard went to the number one position. July 24, 1967, all four Beatles and their manager Brian Epstein signed a petition printed in the Times newspaper calling for the legalization of marijuana. <laughs> July 25th, 1969, Neil Young appeared with Crosby, Stills, and Nash for the first time when they played at the Fillmore East in New York. July 26, 1974, graffiti artists were hired to spray paint sites in London to promote the UK release of the Rolling Stones' new single, It's Only Rock and Roll. And July 27, 1976, after a four-year legal fight, John Lennon was awarded his green card, allowing him permanent residence here in the good old U.S. of A. Back into music and the one we're playing now, Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. And the isolated track is, of course, his voice. Why would you want to hear anything else in the song? Sounds like this on Rock School. Sexual healing, baby, is good for me. Sexual healing is something that's good for me. Whenever blue teardrops are falling.
coming out of Marvin Gaye, and since we just played Marvin Gaye, uh, who's next to play, of course, Marilyn Manson. Oh, sure. That's who I would go into next. <laughs> yeah, who else? I don't. That's what I would have the opinion. Okay, we've talked about recording as a group or ISO recording. Now let's start talking about that. Like we've said before, recording as a band, you either record either the basic rhythm of the song and then come in and overdub elements, you know, put in the lead later or secondary vocals later. Maybe you'll record what's known as a scratch track of the vocals. You'll put the vocalist in what's known as an isolation booth. He'll hear everything or she'll hear everything through her headphones and their vocal track will be recorded on some distant track which then can be erased later and he or she will come back and record their final or sometimes or sometimes they get it right from the start right the scratch mm-hmm. track is great we'll take it okay that's recording as a band then isolated recording again you come in and lay down the drums in fact while we were taking a break uh, the drummer from my band showed up and this weekend he did some recording and it was just him Somebody was playing a guitar into his ear, into his earphones. Somebody was mouthing the words across the room from him, and he played just the drums. That's all he recorded. And we'll come in later and lay down instruments on top of it. That's isolation recording. Mm -hmm. Which is better? I'll just ask you right up front. I have pros and cons for both, but which do you like recording? You know, it's, it's different for different people. Personally... I like when people record as a band, and the reason I say that is because you get a feel. There's a groove going on, if you will, and to me, it just sounds more organic. I guess is is the word I'm I'm looking for. It just it is the music has a better feel to it. But then you have guys like Tom Scholes with Boston, who does it one instrument at a time, right? And the music comes out great. I guess I I like recording as a band as well. not that I've done a tremendous amount of it, but it, it, again, organic, I guess. I think playing as a band, you play off of each other. That's I, what I was thinking. Right. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't mind mistakes. Some no. people have it in their head that the, the recording must be absolutely perfect. I, you know, I don't I don't absolutely buy that. Bob no. Dylan is a mistake machine, <laughs> and it's part of his his good sound that i like let me give you some pros and cons recording as a band pro better live feel uh many people believe it gives a tighter feeling to the song and the songs can be recorded quickly mm-hmm. cons bad things if you want perfection you ain't going to get it no you're going to get microphone bleed i.e put the drums way on the other side of the room doesn't matter the microphone that's picking up the guitar on this side of the room is going to pick up the drums there's nothing you it, can do yep, nothing you can do about that right effects are in the mix they can't be pulled out really easily there's nothing you can do and one misplaced microphone can blow the entire thing but see i don't give a care about that set it up do it again right yep. exactly right and and you know what bleed is not always a problem a lot of time bleed adds to the character of the recording a lot of engineers don't see that way but so many recordings in the past that sounded great had microphone bleed in them sure and it, it's from one to the other that's right uh, there's a there's a terrible click inside of uh satisfaction by the rolling stones where keith richards is turning on and turning off one of his effects yeah. i don't know if that came through a mic or that came through the effect but now that i know about it i can't not hear it but it's part of the song i like it it's there and it's and it's it's part of the character of the song i yeah. agree so. i need to go listen to it now Okay, we're going to talk ISO recording here in just a little bit, the pros and cons and some other things to think about. But first, of course, Marilyn Manson and his voice alone, the beautiful people, the beautiful people here on Rock School. And I don't want you, and I don't need you. The one that you resist or I'll beat you. It's not your fault that you're always wrong. The weak ones are better just to bother strong. The 
beautiful people, the beautiful people. It's all relative to the size of your steeple. You can't see the forest for the trees, and you can't smell your own on your knees. Coming out of Marilyn Manson and all the beautiful people. And Dave asked off Mike, did he have a rib removed? Yes. Um, <laughs> no, he didn't. Of course not. He had an eyeball removed. Let's talk isolation recording. This is where every single instrument comes in at a time. I'll tell you what I think about isolation recording. And again, there are there are the exceptions to the rule, Boston. Yeah. But it, it sounds to me wickedly overproduced. So perfect, you know. I hear a lot of Christian music recorded this way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so perfect. It's not. It's sterile or sterile, however you want to say it. Programmed drums and right. Yeah, They're, in the 1980s, they used to record uh, drum uh, hits individually. Uh, like you'd hit there, hit the snare drum until you got just the right snare drum hit. Right. Then you'd put that into the machine, and then a machine would play your drums. And, right. And if you listen, especially like the 1980s Phil Collins, every snare drum hit sounds like a shotgun going off in a hallway, and it's all the same hit. Right. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I don't care for that. Now, here are the pros. A, you can fuss over every single note, every single instrument. I mean, think Def Leppard, how perfect Def Leppard sounds. Um, every song can be perfectly played. Effects can be laid on perfectly because everything is isolated. I want just this much reverb. And it, some people love this kind of stuff. The, the backing vocals in Def Leppard, again, much like Boston, the backing vocals in Def Leppard are a success story of that kind of thing. The Mutt Lang school of producing. Right. Cons, it takes forever to record the darn thing. Yeah? Yes. Songs are not spontaneous, are often overprocessed and overproduced. So I wonder if that plays into if you have, you know, this hearing it recorded and live, yeah. how much of a difference it would be. I don't know. If I can also produce. I can also tell you I found a lot of websites that stated playing live, if you're not specialized to the studio or if you don't know how to record in a studio and what little I've done I found to be difficult Mm -hmm. I love playing live but playing in a studio is really difficult it's a totally different animal Mm -hmm. and if you're not used to playing in the studio ISO recording you think to yourself well I'll just play what I normally play Uh -uh. it's a weird dog it is it seems like it would be it's a different it's a different animal altogether. It really is. Hi there, KSLU Baton Rouge. Or did I say them in the first break? I'll just say them again. BSD, WBSD Burlington, Wisconsin. I don't remember which one I said. Who are you saying? KSKQ in Ashland, Oregon. Hey guys. Great. When we come back, I think we have time to talk one more thing and then get in the heck out of Dodge. Because I think we have one more show with Dave Paraconi and he's gonna start charging us. Back in a minute in Rock School.
Okay, we got time for one more little break here. And to be honest, I don't have anything that I can get into this break because next week what we're going to do is wrap up this little thing about making your first demo. We're going to talk about placing microphones, where the microphones go to generally record, and this is where I'm going to rely on you a great deal. Mastering, which is what you do. More mixing, but yeah, mastering we get into also, sure. We're going to talk about that uh, and also what it's going to cost you to actually turn it into a little CD because nobody does 8-track tapes or do you remember that when you could buy 8-track tapes or reel-to-reels of your favorite albums? I do. I remember my, my buddy's father, who was an audiophile, had a TIAC reel-to-reel player in his in his living room. And that was really the thing to hook that thing up and a reel-to-reel was playing. The, the quadraphonic oh, reel-to-reel. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the question was, are you really quadraphonic or are you just running stereo out of two sets of speakers? <laughs> right. Oh, no. He was quadraphonic. So we'll come back. We'll finish up next week. We're going to finish with the isolated guitar track from Deep Purple, Highway Star. And the guitarist was? Richie Blackmore. Good call. See you next week. Classes dismissed. Uh-huh.